and Jared, we are starting week two college basketball. Week one was a roller coaster. It was a terrible opening night. Mm-hmm. And a great next four days. And then uh, an okay Saturday, a down Saturday. It's Saturday where I think we took like three teams that lost by half a point. And it was like mm-hmm. getting random amounts of points. Like it wasn't like two and a half and three. It was like right, right. 25 and then they lost by like, or 25 and a half. And they lost by 26 or something stupid. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then a rough Sunday, it's just been up and down. And we've usually not had that in college basketball. I feel like baseball is the one that's usually such a roller coaster. Uh, maybe week two will go a little bit more like, run-of-the-mill, nice, slow-and-steady profit like we hope for instead of just, like, super terrible, super awesome, super terrible, super awesome. Yeah, I had kind of forgotten, you know, with with baseball and then this year in college football with how much we're pay- playing money lines and everything. You, I, I have forgotten about, you know, playing against spreads. And number one, yes, the number of, you know, half-point wins, half-point losses that you have, the number of pushes. Like, I've had, like, four or five pushes in college basketball Mm -hmm. so far this season. Um, So that's pretty crazy. And then the other thing, just, you know, tip of the cap to the books. um, Because these random college basketball teams, and somehow they can still set a line good enough where I've got, like, five pushes in in a week. Uh, You know, they, they just, it's almost like they know what they're doing. Well, and, and the early season is got extra variability in it. And that doesn't mean you can't profit. Uh, it, it just means there's extra variability. It's just something you have to be aware of. And what I mean by that is early on, we've seen a lot of teams that are up big playing hard late and running up the score that you will not see in January because it's mm. like, Hey, we've got the win. Let's get out of Dodge. Like we're tired. Right. And that first week or two, you're talking about guys who are, you know, they want to play longer and stretch their legs, that sort of thing. And you just see some weirder things. You'll have a handful of teams who will find out will be really good or really bad. And we don't quite know that yet. It's, it's just extra variability that makes this first little bit wild. And and the I track the model error against like Ken Palm in the, in the sheet and you'll end the books as well. And you'll notice our errors are always higher at the start of the season. And then slowly they'll come down because we'll mm-hmm. get a little bit better. Um, it's been a little bit of a wild start. Uh, before we get started though, you know, first off taking points or laying points is, is terrible and stupid and you should never do it. So we're going to do it <laughs> in two of the three official picks today, but yeah. we have a fourth bonus pick that it, we do not have a slide for because we do not have any analysis for it. We have one line of analysis as to why we like this pick, maybe two. And so we're going to drop it in randomly in the show. So so don't skip around because we're just going to drop it in. It's going to be like a minute and gone. Um, but my question for you, Cousin Jared, Cousin Totals, is when mm-hmm. do you start playing totals in college basketball? Because the model has been projecting them. I actually haven't checked to see if they're doing well. I haven't played a single total yet. I will get that data and, and we'll see. We'll see if there needs to be any updates to the model or whatever uh, with regards to totals. But when when do you start dabbling? Is it just based off of football or is it based off of getting enough data or tracking it or what, what are you looking for? Because so far yeah. we've just been doing sides and eventually we will start adding some totals in. It just hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I want to, I want to give a little runtime in, into the season at, at least because, you know, 
I can barely keep up with transfers and coach changes in college football. And I mean, I don't really do a good job of keeping up with transfers in college football. And so when you talk about college basketball, it's like just, I don't know, like Bane or, or something on some kind of steroids. Uh, it's impossible to keep up with. So I like to give a little, a little bit of runtime from that perspective. And then I'm probably more likely to play totals on weekdays than I am weekends, just because like you get to the Saturdays and the season. And there's just, yeah, there's just so much going on. It's like, I can't. I can barely process all the sides that I'm going to play, much yeah. less uh, do totals. So, uh, yeah, like especially as we get around the holidays, have a little more time to look at it, you know, have a little more time, run time with sidelines, have a little bit more run time with teams. I'll start dabbling um, with some totals. Uh, but, yeah, like once the season really gets rolling and it's a Saturday and there's, you know, hundreds of games, or it's just, no, don't, don't have time. The model continues to improve all the time, always making updates, always trying to make improvements that will never change. Uh, we will never rest. We are never satisfied around here. Uh, hopefully, we can we have solved slash can solve some of the problems that last year, at least in the middle of the season, there were these weird teams like a Navy, I remember, who just like, and the model still just couldn't get low enough for mm -hmm. them. And the uh, Southland teams a couple years ago, just the model couldn't get high enough. And I think we've solved that for the most part. So, so that's the other thing too, is trying to keep up with where the model is identifying some of these really high and really low scoring teams, picking that out and seeing if it's tracking and kind of tailing along with that. So yep. that's something that I know is your kind of specialty. Uh, but again, we're, we're, it's tough. We're splitting, you know, only so many hours in a day between college football NFL and college basketball. So again, if you're not yeah. with us for those sports, we have shows for them as well. Uh, once a week with a bunch of the free picks and we've got a ton of content over in dub club. That sign up link is in the show description. There's no extended cut today because this is our second show. So the extended cut is the double, double content day here for you as we've already given out nine college football picks on the other show for everyone to see. We'll have four more here. These three plus again, a secret one and an extra one of a crap game that nobody wants to talk about or watch that I don't even think is on television. That's how bad it's going to be, but we do have a pick for it. Uh, so we'll get started here, Michigan and St. John's. I don't know. Michigan's been on a mission and the model has them at number 15 at this point. They've looked really good. St. John's has been okay. I'm not sure they've like magically gotten better at this point from last year where they were just okay. Uh, obviously they've got a new coach, but I'm not really sure that makes enough difference here. I knew this would be an A grade when I did the projections because I pull other models as well. And I saw that Ken Palm and, and team rankings, which you know, that I pull in just to kind of track and see were way lower on Michigan than we were and or way higher on St. John's. I think they had it closer to a pick them. Uh, and I was like, it, it, we've got Michigan by like eight. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> we're going to be on Michigan here. Sure enough, plus 114 is an A You can kind of see it coming. It's the early game. It's one of the, it's the, according to my back of the envelope math, the best game of the day. Um, plus 114, I really think the Michigan should be favored in this. I know they're on the road, but model thinks they're a pretty solid team. What are your thoughts on this one, Cousin Jared? I think that Michigan is too deep. In this game, Michigan's played a couple of uh, games so far this season, and they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys playing double digit minutes. Uh, I think ultimately what it's going to come down to is I think that Michigan's just going to have a longer bench and more players that are actually going to be able to do productive things out on the court. Uh, I, I also say it'll definitely be a, a great crowd for St. Joe's, I, I, I believe. I assume this game's being played at MSG. Yeah, yeah, or is it? St. John's is being played at MSG. It's being played in New York. Either way, it's going to be a lot of uh, uh, St. John's. Yeah, St. John's fans there. 
Um, but I just think Michigan is, is, is too talented and, and too deep in this game. I'm kind of like you. I have no idea why this is, uh, you know, pl- plus odds. You know, at, at worst, this should be maybe like a pick em or something like that mm-hmm. and, and not plus odds. What I would say is that um, Michigan actually has uh, more, almost more accolades at the head coach position in this game than uh, St. John's does. Uh, Phil Martelli, National Coach of the Year in in 2004 on that team that had Delonte West and Jameer Nelson and everything that made a run to the Elite Eight. And, um, you know, our boy Rick Pitino for all of uh, the accolades he has uh, never won the AP Coach of the Year. Uh, and so anyway, I, it's not like, you know, John Howard is still out for, for, for Michigan, but it's not like they don't have uh, somebody who has a ton of experience. I mean, Martelli was the head coach at St. Joe's for uh, from like 1995 to 2019. So um, lots of head coaching experience there. It's not like there's just some random guy coming off the bench coaching uh, Michigan. Uh, Martelli knows what he's doing. And I think that, you know, and I – Jake is obviously our college basketball guru specifically. We give him a night off every once in a while. You know, he does have to, you know, grow his beard. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I know that the college basketball gurus on on Twitter, uh, on X, I guess, uh, maybe one day we'll start calling it that, have noted that Michigan looks really good without Sean Howard, that maybe they look mm. better than we would have thought. Mm. And I think that kind of goes to what you're saying. Like they've got a pretty good guy there running that yeah. ship who knows what he's doing and, and knows, you know, what, what levers to pull, when to call timeouts, all the things that a coach can do there uh, to give his team edges uh, here and there. And so it's not like they, they are, you know, wandering in the desert. They've looked really good uh, in those first two games. And as we always talk about how you play, against who you play matters and Michigan's played some weaker teams, but the fact that they've looked so good matters uh, mm-hmm. as opposed to, uh, you know, if you uh, don't play well against those teams, that matters too. And so uh, got a little data on both these teams. Now model thinks Michigan's a much better team, even though it's on the road, it isn't Madison Square Garden. St. John's plays like half their home games there. So uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. they get the full home court advantage for this yep. game. They, it is not being treated as a neutral site game. Yep. Uh, but still, uh, the model thinks Michigan wins the 70%. I mean, they should have plenty of fans there as well. I, I don't, yeah. I think St. John's will have the home court edge for the backdrop and used to playing in that place. Yep. But Michigan uh, will have a, a lot of fans, I have to presume. So plus 114, a grade pick for that one. 8 p.m. Eastern, South Dakota State and Kansas State. This is going to be strength on strength when South Dakota State has the ball. They have a pretty good offense against a pretty good Kansas State defense. Kansas State will have the edge when they have the ball. They're at home, and that's why the model thinks they should be favored, but only by 6.6. We're going to grab 10.5 points with South Dakota State. It is a B-grade pick. Uh, cousin Jerry, there are a lot of B grade dogs we can take. This is a pretty good, it should be a good game with regards to the quality of being played. Number 91, according to Silent, versus 197. So we're not even in the 200s or the 300s. So it should be some good basketball. The South Dakota State has the offense to hang around. Uh, that also could, the fact they have a good offense, could lend itself to a back door. Kids did a very tough place to play, but. Uh, South Dakota State only has so many options to play 
these power five, power six schools, uh, you have to assume they're going to be playing for a full 40 and uh, either hangs around or got a good shot for a backdoor, right? Yeah, and I, I have to say uh, I have been impressed with Zeke Mayo of South Dakota State, uh, averaging 28 points a game through the first couple of games of the season, uh, seven and a half rebounds and two assists. Maybe most importantly, and he's shooting really well, shooting 60% from the field, but I think maybe most importantly for this, uh, shooting 87.5% from the free throw line. Mm. And so he's going to have the ball uh, in his hands a lot for South Dakota State. And Kansas State, I think, is going to be able to you know, open up a, a decent lead in this game. But I think Mayo is going to have the ball in his hands. He's been scoring a lot, and I think when it gets late, Going to start fouling him, send him to the line, and I think that he specifically is going to be able to hit some free throws there at the end that will be able to ensure that we keep this game uh, within 10, 10 points or so. That Zeke was, Mayo, really good for South Dakota State so far this year. I feel like that was an oddly specific prediction. Like, what minute mark? Are, are, is he going to hit, like, his fifth free throw of the night? I feel like we're almost to that point. Well, I mean, I, I think he's – like I said, I think he's going to have his ball, ball in his hands late and – He's going to make some free throws for us. Is all I'll say. It, the the taking points, laying points, uh, it, it can always be a roller coaster, and, and it's one of those things that I think it's kind of similar to laying and taking odds if they're bigger. The, the further away you are from a 50-50 contest, the larger sample size you need for the weird stuff to balance out. And so, kind of as we talked about last week. Um, this is not to say that, you know, there's no, you know, there are no locks in gambling. We always say that phrase, but the idea being something wonky could happen either way. South Dakota state could outright win this game or they could lose by 25, right? We don't Mm -hmm. really know with any one game. Uh, but you know, at least by taking 10 and a half, we are hopefully more in a closer to reasonable range of weirdness versus, I feel like when you get out to the twenties and the thirties, the games start getting really wonky <laughs> as to yeah. what's going to happen in them. And so taking some points here, but South Dakota state's good enough to hang around as opposed to some of the teams you might take 20 or 30 points with that are just going to get the doors blown off of them potentially. And that hopefully doesn't happen here with a pretty good offense uh, for a, a South Dakota state team that has made the tournament in, in some previous years and is, uh, should be at least competing for another conference championship. Uh, and we're going to sneak in our, our bonus pick right here. Because uh, Jared, we have North Florida is uh, minus two ten B grade pick. We know nothing about them, but what do mm-hmm. we know about their opponent? Yeah, what we know about uh, I'm going to go with South Carolina State. South Carolina State is is, yep. is that who yep. they're playing? Yeah. Yep. Um, so I, I saw that South Carolina State was rated by sideline as the 359th best basketball team in division one. And so you may be asking yourself self how many, or as they say, uh, as Eric said on boy meets world, you may say to yourself, Kyle, that's what I like to call myself. Um, how many teams are there in in division one college basketball? And shockingly kind of hard to find that there are 362. Yes. 362. Um, there are 363 last year. Yeah. Well, see now, are there some in transition from division one, like from division no. two anyway? No. Um, the, you're either it, in or you're out. Yeah. So the, the, well, okay. But like, does like James Madison count? Oh yeah. They count. Yeah. They, well, they, they count for a count, but are they like official anyway? Yeah. Where I'm going with this is like, at most there's like 362, 360 yeah. teams, 355. 
something in that that ballpark. And South Carolina State is damn near the worst one in in the entire country. And so uh, can I say that I'm going to go with North Florida is very good? No. Um, but they are just a slightly below average college basketball team compared to to all all basketball teams. They're only slightly below average, whereas South Carolina State is absolutely terrible. Um, so that's really all I need to say about this is you're going to be great value uh, fading one of the worst teams in college basketball. I think that's worth the play. Yep. Model says it should be minus 231. And so we're going to lay minus 210 uh, with North Florida worth putting on our card officially uh the bottom line there is uh when you get down to those very bottom teams some some of them are extremely bad and we think south carolina state is one of those which take us to our last pick here xavier and purdue because jerry the model thinks purdue wins this by an average of 24 points xavier probably not as good as their name recognition at this point and purdue is just really really good i mean there's not much more to say they look to me like the best college basketball team in a few years uh, Uh early on they look like they potentially could uh have potentially solved some of their woes from before that they were always a really good team but they always had potential issue that hurt them uh they look like the complete package at this point so we're gonna lay Uh 17 with Purdue as a B grade pick, because you tell us more. Uh, so number one, I, I this this sounds dumb to say, but um, you know it's amazing what a first round loss to fairly uh, Dick, Dickinson can do can do for a team uh, to get yeah. them focused Put, and, and plenty of motivation. Yes, and and angry, uh, dare I say, based on what uh, Purdue has has done. So far this season to Sanford and Moorhead State, uh, it's almost like they're they're playing very angry. Um, I mean, you, you said it. Purdue's like really, really good. There's not really too much to say in regards to the Purdue side of things. But what I would say, and you mentioned this, I think maybe the first time I was on here for college basketball this season, is that I pay a lot of attention to uh, sidelines specifically and watch a lot more sideline than I do actual you know college basketball games. Um, but what one thing that I catches my eye and that I feel like sideline has a fairly good track record on is when sideline is way out on the on a limb with a team early in the season. And here with Purdue, you you have uh, an instance where sideline thinks that Purdue is you know the greatest thing since sliced bread and thinks this line should be way further out than it is. Whereas you compare it to uh, Ken Palm and some of the other models out there uh, say that this should be a, a, not a close game, but a, a much closer game than, than what sideline would say. And the books have kind of just split the difference between sideline and what the, all, all of the other models kind of say. So in that scenario, I usually like to go with sideline because I feel like 60% of the time sideline is usually right. And if it's 60% of the time, Hey, we're we're gonna we're gonna do good in the long run with those types of plays. So um, this is one where it's produced a great team. What I have seen with my eyeballs matches that they are a great team. They seem to be angry. Uh, you know, if you laid twenty seven points with them against Morehead State, you, you covered. They were playing up to the last minute. They they hadn't covered with like three minutes left in the game. Ended up ended up covering. So um, they're gonna play a full forty minutes. I just think Purdue's really good. 
I was just really hoping you said 60% of the time it works every time. Hopefully we'll yeah. copyright or trademark or whatever infringements for saying that. Um, yeah, yeah. But you make a, an excellent point. And this is why I always talk about that. You know, Jake is our college basketball guru. He can tell you more about the X's and O's and he watches a lot, but we love having you on because you provide some of these insights into the model, which I think adds a lot of value for our viewership. And hopefully they can pick up on some of your tips and tricks, but you make a great point there with Purdue and just going out and fleshing that out just a little bit more opening night. We were all kind of a line between Ken Palm and the books and sidelines. I think it was a little bit high on Purdue said lean Purdue laying the 19 and a half said probably 22 and a half was where it should be. And of course uh, they won that game by 53. <laughs> and so, you know, sure it was Samford, but Samford's not supposed to be a terrible team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, it's one game, whatever, you know, but then it started to diverge a little bit here on the second game against Moorhead who obviously is, a much worse team and the, the, the or than we, we think than Sanford. And it, we're starting to see the divergence there a little bit with the model because Ken Palm had it at 26. The books had it at 26 and a half by morning. It was 29 and a half and sidelines mm. at 33 and a half. So if the overnight line was off by, uh, from the from the model by seven points, and we were closer than the book was. And then after that, a thirty point win, and you covered the opening number or the the overnight number, not even the opening, the overnight number with a lot more ease than covering the late number. Now we're kind of in an even larger extension of that into this one, uh, where the books have it at seventeen. Ken Palm only has it at twelve and a half, but Sideman has it at twenty four. That same sort of thing where the model is just like, Hey, yeah, they're really good. And, and yeah. you're missing out if, if, if you're not seeing it. And it, I think you're right. It's like that 60% of the time it works every time kind of, kind of thing. As much as we joke about that quote, it's kind of what we're talking about here. Again, there's no locks of gambling. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. Weird back doors or just good shooting nights and bad shooting nights. Like that sort of thing. Right. Can happen. And that's why we don't get concerned about what happens in three games or five games or even 10 or 20 games. It's that bigger sample that we're tracking that overall because weird things can happen. And that's why we always talk about the price mattering, the number, mattering and that's been hopefully the lesson that we've been preaching that you're catching on to to try to become a better better by being uh, getting those fringes those extra win or two out of every 20 30 50 bets whatever is going to make the big difference so that's why we're mm-hmm. price sensitive number sensitive and the number here at 17 is pretty solid i wouldn't be wanting to lay 21 22 lying 17 i'm with you this is one that you said you wanted to pick and i was like absolutely yeah. i'm 100 like the models on purdue let's see if it's right let's try to capitalize yep. on it because if if the books catch up and we start seeing some ridiculous numbers with purdue right off the bat it's gonna be harder to back them right my hunch is this number overnight moves is when i want to get sooner rather than later my hunch is by the time this gets closer to tip it, it's closer to the 20s so 17 i think is a pretty good deal go ahead and get in on yeah now uh that is our show there's the recap of the three picks we covered in depth. If you missed it, go back and watch uh, for our bonus pick there, a little one minute uh, of that. Cousin Jared, parting words before we cut out and let people watch uh, an, an hour and a half of college football and college basketball content on this channel. You you asked when when we might start dabbling in, in totals. Just I, I would say be on the lookout, you know, the yep. next week or two. Um, we, we always have t- random totals of the day. Maybe a college basketball one sneaks in there sometime. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll see. We've got we've still got a ton of college football and uh for now, but that's that's dwindling. So yeah, at some point yeah. it's gonna have to start shifting over to some college basketballs. Yep. We'll see when the first one gets dropped in. It'll be a fun surprise for people, right? Yeah, or, or you know, maybe just randomly drop an NFL total on a Wednesday. Who, who yeah, knows? There you go. 
There you go. And then that one, I, I, I slept. I didn't even wake up until uh, the game was in the second half. And I saw it was seven mm. to three. I was like, looking good. Second half, seven to three. Yeah. I like this. It was a nice, yeah. nice winner. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's all we've got for you then today. We back tomorrow uh, with Jake for some more college basketball talking. And if you haven't yet, make sure you catch that college football show. Otherwise, we'll see y'all later. Mm-hmm.